0: This is Snuff Disco with the track Take Back on Tell Craig Your Story Podcast. Hi guys, Craig here. Welcome to another edition of the podcast, Tell Craig Your Story. Today we'll be speaking to Rachel McKinney. Now Rachel was born in New Jersey, USA. She graduated from art school in Pennsylvania before moving to Shanghai in 2018. This is where she collaborated with with pop punk band Flip House, doing vocals for the second studio album and touring with them across China in 2021. Now during this time, she also formed shoegaze and techno band Snuff Disco, which included two members of Flip House, and she goes under the DJ name of Gargoyle Girlfriend. Now Rachel was a huge part of the Shanghai music scene, being in all different bands and doing all different side projects. Now Rachel's one of the most recognized and talented musicians here in Shanghai, and we really are going to miss her. She's going to leave for Hong Kong on Thursday. But before we go, please go to our website. We're at Podbean. Tell Craig Your Story at podbean.com. We have a link tree there which tells you where Tell Craig Your Story podcast is streaming. We are on all the major streaming services. We are also on all the social medias Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Make sure you're subscribing to get all the latest updates. And we have VK for our Russian listeners and WeChat for our Chinese listeners at Tell Craig Your Story. Alright, here we go. This is my chat with Rachel on Tell Craig Your Story podcast. Hi Rachel, how are you doing tonight?
1: Hey Craig, doing good. How are you?
0: Doing pretty good. Thank you very much for your time. I know you're super busy. I saw that message that you're going to leave us. <laughs> yeah. Sad. Not just me, but a lot of other people. You've been huge in the Shanghai music scene and the art. Let's tell us the reasons why you're leaving Shanghai. It couldn't be because of the pandemic, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, that's definitely like a catalyst of it. Mm. I mean, when I moved here to China, I, I had nothing, no idea what China was like. So it was very random that I was coming and sort of going out in another random unknown way uh but definitely a big part of it is is to go be with my boyfriend because Mm. we were separated for nearly three years and not even able to see each other at all
0: you're waving the white flag for (laughs) long-term relationships yeah that is a credit to you
1: (laughs) i don't know people tell me all the time they're like they're like, oh well, I could never do that. They're standing next to their partner of like eight years. And yeah. like, we could, they're both like, we could never do that. Right. Um, but for us, like, we really didn't have a choice, and it got to be like a couple months after the border was pretty locked, and mm-hmm. and we we're both like, yeah, but checking in, like, a, do, do you still want to do this? Yeah, I still want to do this. You still want to do this? All right, well, we'll just keep checking in. Uh, and he's been just such a great support. Like, every time I'm nervous for a show or, like, whatever the hell it is, like, he's just on the phone, like, go, baby, go, you know, mm. like, just nothing but positivity coming through the line. And so we, we afford each other that. And, uh, yeah, it's been magical to, like, when I can just talk to somebody, you really get to know them, especially when the world is going through such a crazy thing, like, you're doing it together. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, he's really been my rock. And, and it seems vice versa as well, so... It's been, yeah, beautiful and crazy and people are shocked, but it seems easy to uh, easy to us, like, mm. especially after all this time.
0: Does it really matter what other people think as long as what, what you think, right? Yeah,
1: no, I mean, like, all relationships are so different. Right? Yeah. Like, as long as you are checking in on what your needs are and if they're being met and communicating that, like, learning how to communicate that. I mean, like, for me, this has been such a such a way you have to just talk about it, mm. you know? And there's no other choice, so... Yeah. And
0: where did you meet? is it in Shanghai or was it mm-hmm. before that?
1: Yeah, we met here in Shanghai um, in the summer of 2019. And we really hit it off. It was just really beautiful from the start. Mm. And, um, and he would go back and forth uh, to Hong Kong and Shanghai and other places around China uh, for work. And then his family's from Hong Kong, so he went there you know to like to go and see his family and then the borders shut and and that was that <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah right and you finally got to meet him in may was it did you say that?
1: yeah yeah this may uh i was able to fly out there because they they lifted it on may 1st and we were like thick into the lockdown it was like almost two months we've been mm. we've been indoors uh and i lived with two awesome european lads Kieran from uh he's Irish and John British and uh they were just like so fun so fun to live with we were playing video games all the time just like they taught me what smashing cans meant you know they told me about John Lingo and like just the three of our accents in one apartment like it felt like a sitcom all the time <laughs> and they were just hilarious so it wasn't so hard at first because you know when you're in good company and stuck yeah. you know in, in an apartment with two really great dudes um it's easy, you know, and and they were really into music as well, so we would just like bless music and, and have fun.
0: So for you did you want did, were you planning to sort of go to Hong Kong or go back home or what was what was your sort of plans?
1: Um, so it wasn't really the plan to for me to go anywhere, especially because um the implications of going out, it was almost for sure you wouldn't get back in mm. until everything was cleared up. And mm. by the second one I had a lot of commitments I had the band, I had the events, I had, like, yeah. lifelong friends here, and and when it got really rough, I was, like, my family was, like, you can move, like, you can just come back, like, it's okay, like, we'll help you with the money, blah, 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 mm. but, like, the thought of not being able to say goodbye to these friends, that, like, mm. we've had to forge this family here for the last, like, f- three, four years, like, it that was unbearable to me, like, I couldn't, I couldn't think about leaving without seeing them again
0: yeah uh for you personally were you writing music were you doing art like
1: yeah in the first one I really started to try to make my way around like DAW software because like I'm not really instrumentally talented and I've only really been pursuing music for like a couple years um it all started here so I started to write kind of like lo-fi like synth pop in my room uh in the first lockdown and i was writing about it, like a lot of love and longing because i really missed my boyfriend yes. uh so some of the first songs i ever made by myself were were in that time um and then snuff disco started then too because we were able to uh meet up in someone in ryan's apartment right and, and uh and it was really funny because he would sneak us in too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he would sneak us in on the scooter past the bouncers because like, friends weren't supposed to be like coming over to your apartment, but like, yeah. he would like, put us on a scooter and a helmet and like, we, just, right. like, we just looked like somebody else. So yeah, we would yeah. sneak in and, um, and just write. We didn't have an intent to start a band. It was just me, Ryan, and Tyler. And uh, we just started messing around. And, and pretty like immediately we were like, whoa, this is cool. Like, yeah. We really can't wait to play this for people.
0: And it was a little different to what well, was actually a lot different. The flip house as well. So, yeah. Um, they had if, been doing flip house for a while yeah. before
1: I even came here. Yeah. So
0: right. They already had that ground. So let's talk a little bit about your music a little bit later. But I want to okay. I want to uh, talk about uh, why did you come here? That's my that's my big question. Right. Uh, like, especially coming from like a. Uh, a Western country, English speaking. Normally, the people that I've spoken to, and in myself including, I would say, mom, dad, I'm gonna go for twelve months, <laughs> yeah, just get a bit of experience, famous last, different words. culture, <laughs> yeah. and then come back and and then settle down. Sure. Six years later, I'm still in Shanghai. Sure, sure. Oh, well, in China anyway. So, for you, why China and? then what was the first reaction and your oh, feelings
1: well, it was incredibly chaotic and turbulent yes. i'm not gonna lie um so i just graduated art school uh, i went to a school in pennsylvania called Pcad, and that was my first real time being away from home like but i was only a stateover. over uh and i studied illustration and art school is just like Fun. like mm. it's just so fun you're just creating all the time you're trying new things you're with creative people um, and when I was graduating a lot of my friends were like working minimum wage jobs and like didn't really know what to do and like that terrified me so I was like I need to do something crazy like I need to and my parents were like yeah just come come home and like I think they were they were so like loving and protective that they just wanted to be there for me and support mm. me yes. But I was like, if I don't learn how to pay my own rent and, like, have my own job and, like, do this, then, like, then, like I won't do it. So I heard, like, through the grapevine that, like, you could go to another country and, like, teach English. Mm. Um, and I was like, well, where in the world, like, should I go? And um, I thought about Germany. I thought about Berlin. Um, and then when a listing for China came up, I was like, I don't know anything about China, like at all, like in the American media, like you don't it's you're seeing more of Asia now.
0: It's all the bad things, right?
1: Yeah. But like five years ago, like you, you picture China and like, you don't even see a city. Like Mm. when I told people I was going to move there, people were like, like Disney's Mulan. (laughs) Does it look like that? I don't think so, but I didn't know either. Um, and I was like, all right, well, if I can like go to a foreign city where I don't speak the language and I can learn how to be an adult, then like, I can do anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can do anything. You're spot on. Um, and my family had never really lived even more around the country. Like they've always been in like New Jersey. Um, and so when I broke the news to them, they were just like very scared, very protective. Uh, my dad was a cop and like, even though I was in New Jersey, I was never even allowed to go to New York City, you know, like far too dangerous, but um, I grew up in a very rural area. So like in my mind, like a city was like the most fun idea. Uh, so they tried just about everything to stop me from, from going.
0: Um, I can imagine why. I mean, yeah. like I said before, they, they only said the bad thing that's on the news and it's just... But when you actually come here, when I've had family come here as well, and I go, oh, well, mm. that, that's
1: not as bad as I thought it was.
0: No wonder. I, now I understand why.
1: No, totally. Mm. It's also worth mentioning uh, I was with a guy that they didn't totally trust. And um, we had been together for like two years while I was graduating school. Um, and he had a friend out here who was teaching English. So... That was sort of like our way in, and we were like, "Yeah, let, let's go, let's go do this together."
0: Um, and a couple of years ago, would you say it was pretty easy for you to get the visa and to come into China?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you um, have a degree and your background check checks out, mm. um, that's pretty much it. And I knew that coming in with a legit training school like EF, like they're gonna do the papers right. Yeah. Because you hear those horror stories about people that accept the job they don't know better it's like a swanky visa but i knew that they would do it right because they're such a big company mm. um but yeah it was pretty easy and now i see why they they to take like anybody
0: and first reactions of coming here uh I, I can remember my sort of first and it was just like <whistles> i mean i've been to southeast asia before so i kind of new sort of Asia, but not China. China's just sure. like totally. So for you, uh, speaking the language, trying to get around, trying to fit into the... You come straight to Shanghai?
1: Yeah, I'd never really even been out of the country. It was my first time okay. having a passport. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you don't go hard or go home. Like... <laughs> Some say it's brave, but I think I was just...
0: I mean, if you said said Canada or something like that, uh, yeah, okay, but China, People's Republic of China.
1: (laughs) I look back on it now, and I I feel bad my parents have a kid like me, (laughs) you know. It was so out of left field, and, and my dad was just saying, like... You could go visit somewhere first. You don't have to like just pack a bunch of stuff and move there. And I was yeah. like, no, to really experience it, I need to throw myself like into the thick of it. Um, and I did, and here we are. <laughs> but,
0: but now, how much of a stronger person has it made you? Confidence? Oh,
1: astronomically. Yeah. I'm. I'm a whole different person, and uh, even just after my first few years here, and and seeing all the the things that I do and and everything like. Their, their tune changed real quick. They're like, "We're so proud of you." Actually, this was the perfect thing for you. And Only just you know that. And just
0: to play like, a what if? Uh, do you think you would have been able to do everything you've done here, back at home?
1: Um, maybe, but not uh not with the like autonomy and freedom that different um, venues and openness that people have here to to uh. You know, merging the expat and the local culture, and and really having that be such an inspirational fusion. Mm. Um, no, it, w- it would not look the same, yeah. and I don't know if my my like musical growth would have been as exponential. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Because a lot of the the Chinese people are just thriving for music because they don't they they just don't get that that a lot of music coming in. Yeah. And I always found that so fascinating. All these huge international bands, like, uh, my favorite band is Metallica. Mm. They're one of the biggest bands in the world. Yeah, and, so I meet, and I meet all these people, and I just never heard of them. Hmm. ACDC from Australia? No.
1: Yeah, I mean, oh. before the internet, it was like, maybe you'd get a tape shipped over. Yeah. So, like, in China, like, <laughs> I heard I heard a Chinese guy say, like, Avril Lavigne got so big but like 10 years later they got her like first CD yeah right you know and then she blows up here and it's stuff like that it's such an interesting um, culture delay Mm. you know
0: well Queen was an example they brought that the movie out Queen and it was winning all these awards in the US uh, best actor best movie and then the pressure was on like hey we've got to they got to show it in China yeah. So I think they cut, like, eight minutes of, like, the uh, the gay scenes or mm-hmm. any sort of drug reference and yep. finally come out. Then all of a sudden it was like, you get into a DD and then...
1: <laughs> we were
0: And it's like they're playing Queen as if they're a brand new band. But
1: And how cool to hear that for the first course, time in, like, 2020. That's yeah. so interesting.
0: So I, I just, I think that's great. But that, I think they have a more... A pretty, appreciation for musicians yeah how i feel anyway so actually sorry you've got a party tomorrow is that <laughs> public or is yeah, that... yeah 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 <laughs> okay.
1: anybody can come that wants to come you know yeah. like everyone's a friend yeah <laughs> it's a big space as well so right you know um i'm really excited because yeah it's just anybody that that wants to come can come and mm-hmm. it's even going to be like uh, like open decks because I can't be DJing the whole time I'm right. gonna say goodbye to people so yeah, I told, I told right. my friends I'm like just yeah. bring your USBs." like I'm normally like coordinating shows like so meticulously but this is like no let's just let's just go hmm.
0: and uh, when do you when do you plan to leave when are you leaving
1: my flight is on Thursday
0: right yeah that's, that's why I was like it's hey, Monday <laughs> come on <laughs> I've been wanting to do this for for a while now so it's great to uh, finally do this so it's let's get back to uh, where you were born? U.S., Pen- Were you from
1: Pennsylvania? Uh, no, so New Jersey, New Jersey. Uh, for the most part of my life. And then I went to school in Pennsylvania. I went to college there. Um,
0: Jersey girl, right? Yeah, grew up in grew up in Jersey. Uh, so tell, tell us about that. And you said that your father was a police officer.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: How then... Did you get involved in sort of like arts and music and creating things? Like where does this talent come from?
1: Well, definitely uh, my mom. My dad's like pretty creative as well in his own ways. Uh, But my mom was a performer in the 80s. And they, when I was growing up, like she would always be lugging heavy karaoke equipment to bars and stuff. But I was there as a toddler all the time. and, And they would throw like really awesome house parties that I would see uh as a toddler and then growing up throughout my life they really liked to host parties um the two of them so my mom she's she still makes music today and she still is you know so involved in the community so I totally learned all that from them and uh even when I was growing up and having my own birthday parties like my mom like it was a big deal, you know, mm. like, let's throw the coolest birthday party that your class has ever seen, you know. So, like, yeah. I set up for parties here, and I, I feel like all of a sudden I'm, like, making goodie bags for <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <to> my classmates. <laughs> it doesn't feel so dissimilar, and I, and I realized, like, in the past couple of years, like, I've always loved doing that, mm. and from my mom, so,
0: yeah. And, uh, like, uh, growing, uh, like, going to school, were you artistic at a young age or mm. like yeah,
1: yeah yeah I mean I've definitely always drawn pictures like as soon as I could hold a crayon like I just never put it down right. and uh and I wasn't really the best student in other areas like I really like writing I like creative writing and I like drawing but everything else was like pretty much tanked and like find out you have like crippling ADHD like in eighth grade and like meds help a little bit but mm. I always knew that like creativity and, and art and painting would be my path. Like I remember we had a French class in like the third grade and we learned about Van Gogh. And <laughs> the main takeaway I got from that was like he died poor and depressed and sad. Didn't he chucky Is he his no.
0: Yeah, no he did. Yeah, yeah, zero? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. He made
1: most of his paintings in in a sane asylum in a span of like five years he had never held a paintbrush until this like span of creation uh but we learned about that in in elementary school and i remember being like well that's my fate i'm right. gonna die a poor creative but it's just art is what i like to do so that's just so everything's been an upgrade from <laughs> being penniless
0: yeah that's the thing about like you listen to interviews of other musicians that are very successful. And they said, even if I wasn't successful, I'd be still a, a poor yeah. artist, yeah, 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 yeah. still doing my painting or still uh, writing music. Just mm-hmm. so as long as I could pay the bills, and that's okay. Just a fortunate the You
1: just need In to In the do right it. time, yeah. Um, and I had always liked music, but even when I was a teenager, my mom was like, surprise, I got you guitar lessons. I was like, I don't want to play guitar. <laughs> I, I didn't want to make music for the longest time. Up until I was like 23, I I heard some music and just the state of my life where I'm about to uproot and move somewhere else. And I think like it hit me in this way where like I heard a couple of different like folk artists and stuff. And I was like, I need to be able to communicate like this. Hmm. And just like that, it was like I needed to do it like as badly as I needed to breathe. And I was like oh, but I'm starting so late, I'm 23, I I can't play piano and I can't play guitar, like, I felt, like, doomed at the start a little bit, but then I was like, I just need to do it, I need to mess around.
0: So you were playing, you said you were playing guitar and your piano, was that
1: it? Badly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But were you, like, were you always confident in going up on stage and sort of...
1: No. No, no, no. Not even public speaking.
0: Right. So... When did that sort of change? Um, When you come here?
1: Yeah, I came here and I was making stuff on my computer, but I wouldn't even post it. Like, I was so shy to even post it anywhere. Um, And I had moved here with with a guy, as I mentioned earlier. And our first six months of living here, like, things got really turbulent with our relationship or just, like, cohabitating. Um, And it got physical one night and uh that was really hard but that same week i met ryan because he had just made a post on reddit where he was like oh my uh one of the the people in our bands like hurt his back can would love to have like a female singer like come and write some stuff um and i just met him that week and then that horrible thing had happened and i realized that i had to get away from this person i had to get away from the apartment, like live somewhere else. And Ryan was like, I got you. Like, that sucks that that happened to you. Like, come hang out at practice. Uh, so, when things were really, really hard, I remember him just being like, come hang out at Flip House practice. And I would go to C's and sit on the couch and watch them practice. And those were the couple hours out of my day that weren't so spirally and so felt so alone. To get it out of it. Yeah. And I was with these people that they they all had this bond, you know, like Mm. the flip house boys, they grew up together, right? you know, and and they accepted me right away. Uh, and they do like pop punk. So they're actually singing about a lot of like anger Mm. and a lot of feelings and really just like screaming it out. And I remember being like, okay, so like this is what like musical catharsis is. And they were like, get on the mic, let's, let's write something. Um, the first song I wrote with them was about, you know, sort of finding yourself in a domestic violence situation and how how confusing that all is. Um, and then I was like, I love this. It feels so good. <laughs> yeah. It feels so good. Um, so, yeah.
0: So I come in a little bit late with the music scene as well. And when I watch Flip House play, they would do like maybe three or four songs and then you would come on and I was like you in the band? Are you <laughs> with them? Or?
1: Right. Well, I mean, from this moment, they sort of like adopted me in a, in a weird way. I, I didn't have many friends when when that shit went down. So mm. uh, they just sort of took me under their wing and we wrote that song and they were like, Rachel, you got to you got you to gotta perform your song. Sure. And I remember the first night we were going to perform it at union time. Like I was trying to get myself out the door and like I had a panic attack and I was like I can't be on stage like this is so Mm. scary this is so terrifying I've never done it before we practiced the song a bunch in that little room but like to really bring it to people and like especially I'm singing about something that was so traumatic to me um and then eventually I did it I pushed myself out the door and and I did it and that song specifically just being what it is um I've had like other women come up to me and be like, "I really, I really register with the song. Like, what's it about?" And to sort of share the story and then say like, "Damn, stuff like that has happened to me too." Like, and then wow. you're sort of like allied in that, and like, that's when I was like, "That's the power of music."
0: Though. Yeah, I agree. Like, you are I totally agree. coming
1: together about this thing, something terrible that happens to a lot of people, mm. um, and it's really messy. And then suddenly, it's like you feel seen, and they feel seen and at the end of the day you're together with your with your mates just like doing what you love. Yeah. So they showed me how to do that and how to how to be on stage and how to be there like as a unit and like I owe them everything for that. Like literally everything.
0: Yeah. That's really really cool. I want to speak a lot more about Flip House a little bit later. Sure. I uh, always get back to uh, the USA so <laughs> You're growing up, uh, you're going through high school, you graduate from high school, and then what, what is the decision there? Did you always sort of want to do something in the arts field? Or tell us about why you sort of chose that.
1: So I was in Jersey, and we had grown up, I'd grown up on like a horse farm, me and my sister and my parents. When it was time to sort of choose a school, I always knew that, it would be art for me, or illustration, uh, painting. So I saw a couple of schools and then I chose Pennsylvania because it wasn't too far from home. And I think my parents didn't want me to go too far. So, so I went there and uh, it was cool because like you didn't have to be in a dorm. Like you had your own apartment and you got apartments with people. So that was really cool to live on your own for the first time. And not only that, but, like, in a house of other artists. Yeah. Um, so that was so cool because there are other painters that also have, like, a skull drawing do it too, and, like, a warrior painting do it for, and, <laughs> so it was really cool because I met, um, I fell into a group of, like, juniors and seniors when I was a freshman, and um, I moved into their house, and... They were like really like rough and tumble kind of guys, but they were like, they were like so good at painting and they were really into like the fantasy painting scene. So like Wizards of the Coast, like uh, Dungeons and Dragons and um, Magic the Gathering and stuff like that. So really cool fantasy realism. And I thought that was just the dopest thing ever too. So we were really like a work hard, play hard troop. And I think, mm. um, because of that, like you, you gain the respect of like your peers and, and the professors as well, who allow you to do things your way. And you sort of navigate that respect in the school. Like maybe you missed a couple classes, but you come in and your painting's awesome. Mm. You know what I mean? Like yeah, just yeah. learning to navigate those professor student relationships and, and where that sits, I think was really, really cool for me. Um,
0: and having your own sort of style as well, not not sort of, you can have people sort of having their own ideas, but at the end of the day, you're the one that's drawing it. And I looked at it again uh, tonight, and you do have sort of like a, a sort of like a style happening. And we actually asked you to do our our band's uh, thing, which is really cool. Thank you. Yeah do you have like certain themes when when you when you're drawing or do you just whatever comes into your mind or how, how does it all start Coming uh up it's with... so
1: again it's so chaotic like i there were other students at my school that really had a style and like mm. a consistent color scheme and all that and if you look at very popular artists on instagram they stick with their like the thing that works the color scheme and for mm. me like I love cartooning, but I love realism, but I love photography and I love sculpting. So I always felt torn that I was always doing all sorts of different things. Um, but with like poster design and album cover art, mm. that can look so many different ways. Yeah. Um, so I think even though I felt like graphic design was a little tedious to me in college, is actually what I do most of now because you can do it in the music scene and, and be that connected and and useful because like it this sounds mean but like it pains me when i see like a shitty gig poster i'm like (laughs) ew (laughs) no and i know that like not a lot of people have the resources or like can do it themselves but like i just want to make it look awesome so people want to go yes you know what i mean like
0: it's a cool challenge and that was the thing like when you, you did it for hours uh I saw the black and white, and it's like, yeah, it's really cool. And then, when you put color to it, <laughs> it just totally just changed it. Like, we've got like a pink and purple one, mm. and then we've got like a dark, a darker color. Um, yeah, it was really cool. I really like it. So, is that something that you want to do in the future as a job? Like, like I would guess you're just doing uh, teaching here in Eng- uh, teaching here as a teacher. Mm. Just here in China, mm-hmm. but I don't think that's going to be a full-time job. Well, I teach art, actually. I've been teaching art for right. the last
1: few, for like four years, which is really cool because uh, a lot of autonomy. I can teach whatever I want to teach, you know, and, and it lets me um, really delve into what I was saying before. I like everything, so I get to do everything. So teaching art, I think that's something I can always fall back on. You know, right. obviously being a musician isn't the most lucrative thing in the world, but... Um, yeah. Hopefully, moving more into like events organizing, like like I've done the past couple years, which was an accident. Like I said, I got on stage with Flip House, and that's as far as I thought it would ever go. But I remember when I was in college, um, there was a neighboring town called uh, York, and Lancaster, the school I went to, it's like this little city surrounded by like Amishville and farms. And when my roommates and and best friends who who were like older than me in the schooling when they graduated, I like you know, felt a little lost in the school I'm like man, my friends are gone. This is tough. So I started befriending people in the local music scene mm. more. Yes. And there's a, there's specifically a band that I befriended called Analog Watts and they became my good friends and they uh one of their parents had this dairy farm out in york this like big dairy farm this townhouse and like their parents were never there so they would throw these like basement shows right these like diy basement shows where everybody would come um and it's like a house rager but they were so responsible like they like x'd the they would card and they would like not allow underage drinking like just for everyone's safety and they were so wholesome about it
0: Underage drinking? Do you think? Do you think there was some, some? Come, I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe.
1: But they were really like looking out for safety as much as they could. And the basement shows were just so cool. And I remember uh. being like, "These are people that are doing it themselves. You know, they're not relying on venues. They like threw this community together, and people are having like a blast. And everyone's so nice to each other. And so." That was my real exposure to like DIY concert events and stuff. Um, and I think I carried that with me for a really long time. And um, when when sort of events that I started putting together here came about, it felt a lot like that.
0: And what music were you listening to at, at this time? Obviously you haven't started playing in bands yet. So, so what were you listening to? Was it- pop music, or are we actually getting into sort of the, the more obscure sort of sound? definitely
1: Definitely rock-based stuff, so like rock and punk and indie, I always listened to that kind of stuff. When I was really young, I was really into like 80s hair metal.
0: Come on! Actually! <laughs> Nothing wrong with that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe
0: um, there is now, but...
1: I just loved it, and I really, but I also loved like Peter Gabriel and Mm. uh, you know anything that had a gated reverb drum. I was just like so into from a really young age. Um, And then when I got older, it was more like emo and indie. Um, And then I fell more into like folk in college. Yeah right. Um, So when I discovered like Neil Young and. Um, Jason Molina, who did, like, Songs Ohio and Magnolia Electric Co., and um, I found an artist named Spencer Krug, and he did really experimental stuff, like, in so many different projects. Um, and that's when I was like, wow, like, you can really, as a musician, do whatever you want. Mm. Like, you don't have to even stick to a genre, because I remember feeling like I liked a lot of different things. So... When I got really into that music, that was when I was like, I, I need to learn how to communicate like this. So, yeah, it was mostly rock. And then when I uh, started DJing here, I got really into electronic and, and dance music. Right. Because um, that had a whole different function,
0: as yes. I found oh, out. Totally. Yeah. And were, were you like going to concerts? Or like just so uh, You're talking a little bit about going to these underground sort of things, but were, actually, were you going to concerts at that time in the uni? Because um, you would have had all these bands coming through, all the big festivals, all right?
1: Sure, here and there, uh, mm-hmm. made our way to Philly to see bands I really like. I saw, like, Shearwater. Again, I'm I really I'm really into niche artists, as it seems, so they're not so inaccessible. Mm-hmm. But, oh, it's so funny. Uh, one time, it was like the dead of winter, and I had a midterm coming up for my environmental sciences class. And that band I, I was telling you about, um, analog watch they they texted me at like 9 o'clock one night and they're like hey we're driving through do you mind if we stop by I was like yeah stop by let's hang out and they brought like three things of boxed wine and <laughs> we drank like so much of it and had the most fun time <laughs> and I woke up the next morning in a car at a gas station with them in the car and I was like what are we doing? He's there, like, we're going to the show in Vermont. You said you wanted to come, and I was like, oh man. <laughs> so we're halfway to Vermont, and uh, it there's like a blizzard. But we see um, we see the band Starfucker. I don't know if you're familiar with them. They're really cool. Um? Um, it's kind of like indie's new wave synth rock. Maybe you would recognize one of their one of their songs, but. Um, Anyway, the blizzard hit. They got snowed in there as well. So the show actually happened, but um, I was gonna miss my midterm. Uh. So, because I just I made this decision blackout and on the cuff. Um, so I emailed my professor, and I was I told him the truth. I, I thought about all these lies, but I'm like, you might as well just tell this man the truth. Like he's been nothing but good to you. Yeah. Um, so I, I broke it down in an email. I said, I'm oh, sorry. It was a crazy night. I'm in Vermont to see a band I really like, and the, the Blizzard hit, and I'm not going to make it back. And he was like, You know what? That's fine. But if you write like a five page essay on the thing that you love learning the most about this class, pass. I'll grade you on that. Yeah. And I'm a better essay writer than a test taker. <laughs> so I like scored the jackpot. And I was thrilled to write that essay because, like, it was an unforgettable experience. It was so cool.
0: Yeah, right. So. You got the band, you got the music happening, you've got your art. So uh, when you actually uh, graduated, when did China come into the 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 mix of it? Um, And you were talking before about your parents not really sort of understanding. But what about your friends as well? Like uh, was it tough to sort of leave? And then the other question is. Did you get to travel to other places before you would come to China, like international?
1: No, I came straight here, um, and it was—it it felt like such a huge decision because, you know, the drama of it, having never even left the country, and then just packing up and moving. Uh, mm. But my friends thought it was like super exciting. And they were like, "Yeah," you know, they were so um, supportive and and. While I was like getting ready to graduate, I was finding it harder to complete assignments because I would procrastinate by trying to make music. But again, I was still really bad. I didn't know a chord, I didn't know a thing. But like, I would just spend so much time playing music badly by myself, and sometimes with these bands that I was I was in with, and they're they're really um, we would just jam, and it and it would just be so much fun. And so it was getting harder to get my schoolwork done because I was like starting to really have this love for right. just messing around with music. Um, Did you not record? Caring
0: about the no, music. no recordings. Just, just. Sort of I have some. Experiment. I have
1: some, but they're painful to listen to <laughs> now. <laughs> they really are. But, but it was the start of something. That's right.
0: True. You got to start from somewhere. Everybody, yeah. Everybody's got to you know.
1: And so again, with like with the feeling like oh, if I'm gonna learn how to pay rent and taxes and have a job let's do it in a foreign country because that'll be like on hard mode it was the same way in my mind with music i was like if i can put myself in a foreign country then there's no distractions from your past Hmm. and you just have to dive you just have to get good and i heard like psych rock was on the rise in china and like shoegaze and (laughs) And i was like yeah i'm gonna start a shoegaze band. it was all like pipe dreams right but as it turns out not so much because all that shit happened
0: so when you finally come to to Shanghai, first impressions.
1: Wow. Um. Just really exciting off the bat because it's such a futuristic mm. city. I agree. Again, like nothing like you heard about or were prepared for. Again, like people being like Disney's Mulan, like yeah. villages.
0: And, but you come, you, you come at the right time. Two thousand eighteen was like the. A great time yeah, for Shanghai. Yeah, bands were coming It was in. pumping. Like, mm-hmm. Everything was just...
1: Yeah, it was awesome. Mm. It was really cool. So immediately, all the, the party scenes. And I remember my first night out. Uh, I went to this place called Zapata's. It's since been closed. Um, but I went out and we sat with a bunch of my friend's friends and yada, yada, yada. And... It was a table of like 10 people and I got drunk and then I had this moment where I heard like 10 different accents (laughs) happening at once and I've never been at a table with 10 different people from 10 different places. Mm. You know, like Jersey's really not that mixed and so it made me so emotional. Like Mm. I just started sobbing and my friend was like, are you okay? And I didn't know how to explain that like, here I am in this global city where it's just so alien to me Mm. and all the people at this table have something in common we all came here yeah you know and we all just want to have a good time so everybody's nice to each other (laughs) you know like all the strangers you automatically have a lot in common because you're here um and I remember that hitting me like really really hard
0: and that's the one thing that I've learned uh since being here all the communities it doesn't matter if it's like the gaming community or the com- comedy scene or the music scene or the different sort of styles of music, they've all got this really close. Yeah, because we're all here. Like we're trying to survive in, in 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 China, and you know we're all in the same sort of situations. Our families mm. are so far away, so you sort of like totally grab onto them and totally. You said. Uh, the flip house guys uh, picked you up. Yeah, when, when you were down. So I really think that's one thing that is great about one of the great things about the Shanghai environment, living here. But how is your Chinese? What, what are some of the things that you sort of learnt uh, being here in China, like with the Chinese culture?
1: Yeah, I mean that's the other thing. Like when I first landed, obviously a lot of different things were overwhelming. Mm. Um, Learning how to take transportation and and getting from A to B, you know, like I'd never even been on a metro system before. (laughs) Did you learn
0: any Chinese before you come?
1: No, no. (laughs) But the thing is, like, when I... I remember the first couple weeks I was here, I was was really stressed out. I did something wrong at my job, you know, and like, that's what is allowing you to be here, so like, don't mess it up. And And I went outside and I was crying, trying to get home, and... I didn't know which bus to get on and I was crying and this this Chinese this old Chinese lady like came up to me and it was pouring rain and I didn't have an umbrella and she came up to me with her umbrella and she put it over me and was trying to comfort me and tried to understand what was going on but she was speaking just Chinese and, and I'm trying I'm typing in the translator like I don't understand yada yada but I need to get on this And she like, it's as if she threw away her schedule and was like, I'm going to get this girl on the right bus, you know, and in like Philly, in New York City, like that doesn't happen. (laughs) So that like really caught me off guard because she knows I can't even speak to her and she's like made it her mission to like get me where I need to be. And I've had a lot of experiences like that. And I'm like, wow, Chinese people are just so um, patient with that. I don't know if I would have been yeah. that patient. Vice versa. And, like, it's been that way for a long time. Like, they know that either we just got there and don't know the language or just never really learned it. And still, they don't They don't even, like, roll their eyes at you. Like, yeah. that surprises me. But yeah. how beautiful is that? You know?
0: Yeah. Have you done some uh, travel outside of Shanghai? Have you been to...
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I went to... Outside of, like, China specifically, too, I went to uh, Thailand, um, which is really, really cool. I went to an amazing um, electronic festival with my boyfriend.
0: Right. And it
1: was so cool. It's called Wonder Fruit. And um, on top of having incredible acts from all different genres, their, um, their ethos is, like, no single-use plastic on the site. All the food is, like local farms that come in and set up stands and, like, you get it on, like, banana woven plates and, yeah. and chopsticks <laughs> and all that. And it was just so cool. Wrong. and uh, <laughs> Really wholesome. Um, Inner Mongolia. We went to a really cool techno festival out mm. there. Yeah, I saw,
0: like, a photo where you were just, like, in the desert, Mongolian yeah. desert.
1: That was crazy, too, because um, a friend of ours, a Chinese friend, Adriana, she... <laughs> Came to us one day and was like, there's this festival going on in Inner Mongolia. And I'm like, cool, do they have like a website or like photos? She's like, no, there's no advertisement. (laughs) And we were like, um, well, all right, let's just fly out there. (laughs) So a lot of us flew out there and trusted her. Way to
0: promote it. (laughs) Yeah, there's literally like
1: no promo for it, but we were just like, why not? Um... And yeah, I've never been in a desert before, so that was also super cool. It was just, like, sand dunes as far as you could see on one side, mountains as far as you could see on the other side, and then this, like, cool little techno festival in the sand with awesome DJs and Mongolian taco trucks that were, like, mm. the best food I've ever had in my life. <laughs> like, so good. Um, that was awesome, too. Um, been to Ningbo, been to Moganshan, Hong Kong.
0: Now, were, were some of these for, for shows with Flip House or Snuff Gistica or... I know we're getting a little oh, ahead, Oh, yeah. We th- went
1: to uh, Beijing with, uh, with, with Flip House and that was a really cool show. I'd never been in Beijing before. And then we went to Tianjin on the way back and that was like... It's like a random little city, you know? So, like, we didn't expect I this to be that cities. great. Yeah. But the Tianjin show was so much more fun in mm. Beijing when they're just, like, throwing down and going ham. And we went with uh, Rat King, you know, oh. which is also such a <laughs> such a huge energy. And, you and go. we got this, like, Airbnb, <laughs> just flip house, Rat King, me, me. was just, like... 18 wily dudes, you know, like beer everywhere. It was so cool. They had like a VR room, and like this Tianjin Airbnb was like the coolest yeah, right. place. It's so decked out, but it's in the middle of nowhere, so it's cheap as hell, you know? But <laughs> it was so dope, yeah.
0: What an experience. Racking. Yeah. We've had the boys come in. Uh, it was actually the first time I've ever uh, had a band in here. Oh, so fun. Trying to fit the four guys. <laughs> it, it, like, uh, yeah. And just every sort of minute or so. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. they can't
1: be tamed, and that's that's why I love those guys. But <gasps> but they're like little teddy bears. <laughs>
0: when they come in, they just they just open themselves up. Just like, eh, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> that's the joke, right? Yeah. like
0: And then they get on stage and it.
1: <laughs> <monster!" laughs> it's awesome.
0: Kill, kill, kill! It's so cool. Great, great guys. Great. Um, great musician so uh let's switch topics i also noticed you have a few tattoos
1: yeah for sure
0: i'm always interested because i don't actually have any and for being in a band for such a long time it's one of the first cliche sort of questions Hmm. i get asked all the time like why don't you have any tattoos and it's like
1: well uh, i don't
0: know just
1: yeah
0: never sort of been into it i mean but
1: when it comes to that though hmm. sorry to cut you off But, um, I've sort of also come to the conclusion that, like, in this day and age, in 2022, like, not having tattoos is, like, just as punk. Yeah. having (laughs) tattoos. That's the way I look at it. Because, like, yeah, they look cool and they have this, like, kind of stigma. But, like, anybody can get tattoos, you know? So, like, if it's not your thing, like, that's also a creative choice. There you go. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I wanted to ask, uh, do you have a specific designer that does it? Do you design your own tattoos and, and are there stories behind it?
1: Hmm. So no specific style. I mean, I like black work personally. Hmm. Um, like for me, I just I really like the stark black ink on on skin. Um, I got one tattoo in the states, which was on my neck. I had long hair at the time, so it didn't feel like a huge commitment. Um, but it's from my favorite video game of all time, Shadow of the Colossus, (laughs) uh, the PS2 2005. Uh, and that game is like, you know how people have their, like, Legend of Zelda? That's my Zelda. (laughs) Me and my best friend, Devin, just, like, grew up playing it for hours and hours and hours and hours. and hours. (laughs) And I like the symbol because it, like, it looks like just a symbol and it's interpretive, but, but it means that to me. And then, uh... When I moved here in the first year, I was walking down Julu, Julu Lou.
0: So, So no tattoos prior to China? Just the one. Okay. Just
1: the one on my neck, yeah. And then I uh, was walking down Julu Lou, and I peered into this shop called um, Wild Tattoo, and there was this frog just like staring back at me. And I, was, I locked eyes with it. It was on a flash sheet, and I was like, that frog, there's something about it. Uh, and the person I was with was like is that's so dumb <laughs> that's so dumb and um and I took my other friend to see it and I was like what do you think I, I think I want to get this tattoo and it, and she's like yeah but it doesn't have enough eyes <laughs> and I was like okay so when I went in and I talked to the artist about it he was like yeah we can add an eye no problem um and I got this on, yeah on my leg this this frog dude. I don't know you can kind of it. Oh, see. yeah, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I don't... I can't explain it, honestly. I just <laughs> saw... I saw it and I was like, that needs to be on my body, like, ASAP. I just had this connection.
0: Uh, are they expensive here to, to get? Because uh, I know uh, friends in Australia that they'll have, like, half of it or a quarter of it. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, yeah, next pay, I'll do that in the next part of it and, yeah. You know.
1: Yeah, you kind of want to avoid cheap tattoos because, like, you get what you pay for. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. kind of the, the standard rule. But, I mean, we have kind of good jobs here, mm. you know, uh, compared to, like, the lower working class. So it's affordable um, to me. But a lot of them actually have been free for collaborating um, and all that. Like like this one, I DJed at, at an event, and one of the organizers... Was a uh, was a tattoo artist, so it was just sort of huge discount. <laughs> yeah. Buy free, and then um, this butterfly one. Um, I was learning how to tattoo from a from a friend of mine named Smoke, and uh, he texted me one morning. He's like, "Let's put a tattoo on you today." And I was like, "No way, like, unless." Uh, so I drew this uh, moth myself, and I make it so it's on the elbow. Oh, yeah, it, it can right. fold and come out and. Yeah, this is the only one I've really designed, but I like with tattoo artists' work, like you're sort of coming together and you're appreciating their style and you have this moment, you know, it's this procedure, Mm. you know, and it's like this ancient practice. So for me, going into that relationship that's like passing trains in the night sort of and, and having that be a part of you forever and that person being a part of you. Forever, essentially. That, that's always been really special to me. So I really, I really enjoy that process. Does it hurt? Yeah. And every time I get a tattoo, I, I forget how much I'm, it hurts. Because
0: someone says it's like a, it's like a bee sting. It's like, come on, there's, got, there's guys in pain. Like, you can see the blood coming out of these arms. So. I've
1: learned to really like it. Because um, mm. it's just a very specific kind of intense pain. It's kind of fiery mm. on your skin a little bit, but... If you're going into it with, like, an intention, you're sort of, like, you grit your teeth and you're, like, you focus in on that intention, at least for me. Mm. So, it's special in that way.
0: And in a 40 degree heat, middle of the summer in Shanghai, you're an art teacher. <laughs> mm. You're covering up?
1: No, my school actually really chill about it. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. Okay. They were, like, tattoos, piercings, you know, it's the modern century. And I think I think a lot of uh, a lot of the world is sort of coming around to that. That's good. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. That's my
1: feeling anyway. I mean, and I know I'm going to be an artist for the rest of my life, so Maybe. I'm not I'm not going into accounting and I'm definitely not <laughs> going to be a lawyer. So <laughs> so I sort of, you know, chose my chose my path. Yes.
0: Hello. I'm Bala from Banla Simple Chinese School. If you are a beginner, intermediate, advanced looking for HSK study, business Chinese or simply want to improve your everyday communication, I'm the teacher for you. Come and join me for a free trail class at Balanced Simple Chinese School.